Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Barry Chesler, and today's Daf is Masacha Sukkah Kaf, Tractate Sukkah, Folio Page 20. Today, we will finish the first chapter of Masacha Sukkah. We pick up from where we left off yesterday, with the Talmud explaining the Mishnah. A large reed mat, if it is made for reclining, it is susceptible to impurity, and we may not use it for schach. The reason? He made it for reclining. So if he made it stam, it is as though he made it for schach. A small reed mat is the opposite. He made it for schach, so we can use it, and it is not susceptible to impurity. And if he made it stam, it is as if he made it for reclining, and we don't cover with it. Rabbi Eliezer comes to say whether small or large, stam is valid for schach. Abai said to Rava, if that is so, he should have said whether large or small. Moreover, they disagree about the large mat, and Rabbi Eliezer takes a more strict approach. For, we learn in a Baraita, a reed mat, a large one, we use for schach. Rabbi Eliezer says if it is not susceptible to impurity, we cover with it. But Rav Papa said, with a small mat, everyone does not disagree that stam is for reclining. They disagree about the large mat. Tanakama holds stam large mat is for schach, but Rabbi Eliezer says stam large mat is also for reclining. So what does made it for reclining mean? That just making it is also for reclining, unless he specifies for schach. The last sugya of the parak begins with the Baraita. Mats of shifan gemi, two kinds of rushes, a large one we can use for schach, but not a small one. Of reeds or sedge, if it is braided, we can use it for schach. If it is woven, we cannot. Rabbi Ishmael by Rabbi Yossi said in the name of his father, we can use either for schach, and Rabbi Dosa agrees. We learn in a Mishnah Neder Yot, all chotzalot, the kind of mat, make subject to corpse contamination. The words of Rabbi Dosa, and the sages say, Midras. Do the sages mean yes to Midras, but no to corpse contamination? For does not the Mishnah Nida say that all are susceptible to Midras are also subject to corpse contamination? But say rather, also Midras. What are Chotzalot? Rabbi Bar Amduri says Marzovalai. But what is Marzovalai? Rabbi says Mizabla. Leather bags. Reish Lakish says, however, real mats. This is in accord with another statement of Reish Lakish, who said, May I be the atonement of Rabbi Chia and his sons, who when Torah was first forgotten in Israel, Ezra went up from Babel and established it. When it was forgotten again, Hillel the Babylonian went up and established it. When it happened again, Rabbi Chia and the sons established it. And so, said Rabbi Chia and the sons, Rabbi Dosa and the sages did not disagree about the Matsavusha that they were impure, 
nor of Tiberias that they are not subject to impurity. They disagreed about the other places. One master taught, since not too many people sit in them, they are like the ones from Tiberias. The other math master thought, since it happens that people do sit on them, they are like the mats of Usha. The master said, all mats are subject to corpse contamination, the words of Rabbi Dosa. Do we not learn in the Baraita? Indeed, Rabbi Dosa would rule in favor of Rabbi Yassi. This is no difficulty. This is where the mat has a rim and is considered a vessel, and here it does not. The subject, they object. Mats of Sha'am, Gemi, goat's hair, and horse hair are subject to corpse contamination, according to Rabbi Dosa, and the sages say also Midras. It is well for the one who says Marzovali, shepherd's bags, for those of Sha'am and Gemi are suitable for bailing of large produce. And those of goat's hair and horse hair are suitable for use as long pouches and sacks, and thus all qualify as utensils. But for the one who says real mats, it is understandable that mats made of goat hair and horse hair are considered utensils because they are suitable as curtains and sieves. But Sham and Gemi, what are they suitable for that they should be considered vessels? They are suitable for brewing mats. There is an alternate reading. The concluding Brita said Rabbi Hananya, when I went to the diaspora, I found an old man who said to me, we may cover with a mat, when I come to Rabbi Yoshua, my father's brother, he concurred. Said Rav Chista, provided there is no rim. Ula said, this mat was used by B'nai Mechosa. For not for the rims, we could use them. It was also taught, they cover with mats. But if they have rims, we may not cover. And thus concludes the first parak of Masachat Sukkah. Chapter 2 begins with the Mishnah. One who sleeps under a bed in the sukkah has not fulfilled his obligation, for as Rashi explains, the bed creates an ohel or shelter, so that one is not considered in, to be in the sukkah proper as long as one is under the bed. Rabbi Yehuda says that we used to sleep under the bed in the presence of the elders, and they said nothing, implying it was okay to sleep under the bed in the sukkah. Rabbi Shimon relates the masa an event which establishes the legal precedent. Tavi, the famous servant of Rabban Gamliel, used to sleep under the bed. But Gan, Rabban Gamliel said to the elders, Look at my servant Tavi. He is a Tamit Chacham, and no slaves are exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah. Therefore, he sleeps under the bed. In this way, he makes more room for the scholars who are required to sleep in the sukkah. And according to our way, we learn from this, that one who sleeps under the bed does not fulfill his obligation. The Talmud asks, how can this be? Since the, since the space is not ten fachim high, and therefore cannot be considered a no-hell. That is to say, the bed is not ten hand breasts off the ground, but Shmuel says that this bed was. A Mishnah from Ohalot is brought. A hole that is made by water erosion, burrowing insects, or from salt corrosion, or a pile of beams, these form a nohel and transmit impurity to everything underneath it. Rabbi Yehuda says a nohel not made by human beings is not a nohel. The Daf concludes with the question, what is the reason for Rabbi Yehuda's opinion? To be continued tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. 
The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify. <laughs>